welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm glad you stopped by. Hope you find some value in this. I got a question for you. Have you ever had a time in your life when you know you should be doing something to improve one or more area of your life, but doggone it, you just can't seem to get yourself to do it? Anyone? I know it's not just me. But the thing is, just because we're not blasting it on our social sites doesn't mean that it's not happening. And that, my friend, is what I want to talk to you about today. More importantly, I want to give you tangible things to help you do what you need to do in order to improve the area or areas of your life that you're wrestling with. But before we do, please let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer. I am beyond passionate when it comes to helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that we don't perhaps like to talk about, but we know we want to be better for ourselves because we know that that impacts those around us in a really positive way. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or undo some of that crap that happened to you along the way that keeps you somewhat stuck, tripped up, or from fully living the vibrant life that you are designed to live. And during this episode, I want to talk about why we don't follow through with the things that we need to do or take the action that we need to take, or you know what I'm saying here. You know what this means, that when we're stuck somewhere, I'm going to help you get out of that ditch, get out of that hole, get back up on your life and live in it. And I want to be able to talk about that today. Look, we all do it at one point in our lives or another. We tell ourselves we're going to go do something, and then we often end up not sticking to the plan. And maybe one or more of these reasons I'm going to share with you are going to resonate. And if they do, that's cool, because I want you to keep listening because I got solutions for you. Let's go. You say you're going to stick to a certain diet, and then you end up breaking it within the first week, and then usually abandoning it not long after that. You say you're going to work hard on a certain project and not procrastinate anymore. Then you get distracted by something and the plans go out the door. You say you're going to meditate or do yoga or read or journal, etc. every morning. And then one of those mornings you're in a rush or too tired and skip the meditation. Like maybe after a daylight savings time change, hint, hint. Then the next day comes along and you do it again. You say you're going to stay on top of your email or tackle that clutter and the plan doesn't get off the ground. You say you're going to work out four times a week and that works out exactly once. Then you just don't go back to the gym, but keep paying for a membership. So what's, what's going on here? What's happening? Are we horrible people with no discipline? Are we liars never to be believed? Are we hopeless cases condemned to spending life on the couch, eating popcorn, watching Netflix, and hating ourselves? (laughs) No. Look, I absolutely love geeking out on human behavior, and here's what I've been finding. 
Let's talk about the reasons why we don't stick to our plan. One of the things I've found is that there isn't always just one reason. Sometimes it's multiple reasons at once. Or other times it's different reasons depending on the situation or the type of person you are. But let's talk about some of the most common reasons we don't follow through with the things that we say we want. One, we don't take it seriously. This is a repeat offense by many. We tell ourselves that we're going to stick to a new plan, and I think we think that's enough to make it happen. We somehow assume it's going to be easy because, therefore, we've, we've declared it, right? We've declared we're going to make some changes, and that, that should just help us along. But despite all that past evidence that only time when we stuck things out were those things ever completed or come to fruition or when we took it seriously and made major effort. Most of the time we just, as we talked about last week, half-ass commit to something, kind of like only half-assing to get into shape. Eventually we just give up, right? It, it becomes hard. It becomes boring. It becomes like, meh, I don't see any changes because we're barely putting any changes into our daily life. Number two, we just forget. We tell ourselves we're going to, let's say, meditate every day with complete resolve. I mean, we've declared it. We've put it on a vision board. We've put it on a post-it note. We've put it on a note on our phone, whatever. Then the morning comes and we just plain forget. We remember later, but then we're busy and we don't have time then. Then the next morning we forget again. By the time we remember, we feel disappointed with ourselves and we just give up because we don't want to guilt or shame ourselves at this point. Number three, we run from discomfort or uncertainty. When the exercise habit or meditation habit gets uncomfortable, we stop enjoying it and make excuses to put it off. When we face a difficult habit like reducing our debt or being assigned a big project at work, there's a lot of uncertainty in those. So we start finding reasons to put it off. We don't like uncertainty or discomfort, so we try to get out of it. Here's another example of that, a very good example of uncertainty, or more importantly, discomfort. When your clothes start to feel a little too snug or a little too tight, you might have the intention of, hey, I probably should pay attention and dial in my eating, and hey, I should pay attention and dial in getting back into my physical movement. And we do that half-assed wise. You know, we make a commitment, but we don't really follow through with it. And then our clothes don't ever get any looser. And because we're still uncomfortable and not committed to improving the quality of our health and physicality, we go buy bigger clothes. How many of you Let's be honest. How many of you have a closet, not only maybe with seasonal clothes, you know, for summer, spring, summer, or fall, but you also have sizes variances there that match with each one of those seasons. Maybe a medium, large, extra large, extra, extra large, whatever it may be. And I'm not guilting or shaming anyone here. I'm just calling out the obvious of what we do as amazing, interesting human beings. 
Number five, we rationalize. When something gets difficult or we have a temptation in front of us, our minds start to rationalize why it's okay to do what we said we weren't going to do. Our brains are masters at rationalizing. Just one more won't hurt. Or, you worked hard, you deserve it. Or, this time doesn't count, you'll start tomorrow. Or, it's a special occasion, this is a good exception. Those all sound reasonable, except they sabotage our plans. Once we start to believe these rationalizations, sticking to anything just goes right out the door. Because here's what I know, at least here in the U.S., is there's a freaking special occasion or a holiday nearly every stinking day. How many of you noticed over the last five or ten years that now everything's a national something celebration day? I mean, it could be real easy to rationalize celebrating all of those, wouldn't you think? Number six, we renegotiate. We say we're going to do something, then when the moment comes to do it, we're feeling temptation, discomfort, uncertainty. So we start to say, well, I'm still going to do it, but in five minutes after I check my text or... Hmm, I'm tired right now. I'll just take a day off and do it tomorrow. This is another form of rationalization, just a habitual response to not wanting to do something, a way to get out of it. A side note here, one of the most harmful things to the habit of self-discipline and building trust in ourselves is the habit of renegotiating with ourselves. Number seven, we dislike the experience and avoid things we dislike. This seems natural. Like if you don't eat vegetables, you probably are going to avoid them. If you don't like to face uncomfortable assignments, you'll put it off. But the problem is that with every habit, with every difficult project, we're going to find multiple moments of discomfort, of disliking the experience. We'll never stick to anything if we bail as soon as we dislike something. Instead, we have to see that this habit of disliking, judging, resenting, mentally complaining and avoiding, it's hurting us. We don't need to like everything about an experience to put ourselves fully into it. We're stronger than that. Number eight, we forget why it's important. Maybe you started out taking something seriously, but then a week into it, you've forgotten. Now you're just thinking about how uncomfortable it is. If we forget the importance of something, and if something doesn't really matter to us, we won't have a good enough reason to push through the discomfort. Number nine, we get down on ourselves and give up in disappointment. When we falter, when we don't meet our ideals or expectations, we mess up in some way. It's actually not a big deal. But we convince ourselves that it is. The goal should be just learn from it and start again. But instead, we often beat ourselves up full of super disappointment in ourselves, which turns into self-sabotaging effects. Number 10. There are too many barriers. This is the simplest one. 
but we often forget. Let's say you want to start eating healthier and even have a plan for how you want to eat, but then morning comes, you're hungry and in a hurry, but you're supposed to make an egg white scramble, which requires a lot of chopping, vegetables, cooking, cleaning, too many things to do right now when you're hungry. So you just eat the bagel that took two minutes to make. This is a big problem with most things we want to stick to. There are barriers that are too high for when we're tired, rushed, and not feeling like it. Driving 20 minutes to the gym, having to declutter the living room before you meditate, having too many distractions when you journal, anything that requires more than five minutes of prep time before we can get started, it's too high of a barrier. Okay, so those are the reasons we don't stick to things. Are you seeing why it's a challenge to do the things that you want to do? And why, more importantly, you're finding yourself wrestling with yourself? I realize many of us, myself included, are familiar with these. But it's good to be reminded. So why do we let these obstacles continue to trip us up even though we know there are obstacles that we can overcome? Aren't there any good solutions? <laughs> you bet there are. And they're not all that difficult to implement. If we just consciously decide to do them and take action to remember them and make them happen. So let's look at this. Number one, first and foremost, you must unequivocally must know why you want to improve that area of your life that you feel needs improving, whether it's improving your health, your wealth, your relationships, physicality or spirituality, you have to have a reason why you want to do it. Our why has to be compelling enough. If you have a why of because I should improve it or something like that, it's not going to be enough for you to take action towards it let alone taking it very seriously. It's vital to make it important enough to commit to it. Ask yourself, do I want it enough to push into discomfort when things get difficult? Because they will. In other words, how badly do you want to improve your life? Your why needs to be very important to you. As soon as you know what that why is, write it down. Make a plan, even if it's just a short one. Commit to someone else or have someone as an accountability person to ensure you follow through. Set up reminders. Have a time when you're going to do it every day. Clear space to do things. Set it up. This is not the time to half-ass your way through it. You're worth more than that. Number two, make sure you don't forget. How will you remember when the time comes to do it? Where will you be? What will you be doing? When it's time to meditate or journal or exercise or eat your healthy meal. Put a reminder note or another visual reminder there. This is really important because as we start to do something new, it's too easy to forget because it hasn't become a habit yet. Put up multiple reminders, including one in your phone and one in your computer. If it's important enough to commit to it, it's important enough to create these reminders. 
Number three, celebrate the pushing into discomfort and uncertainty. And I know that sounds funny, but we must retain ourselves to see discomfort and uncertainty as a signal to practice and get better at being uncomfortable instead of a signal to run, avoid, or quit. Our minds habitually want to get away with discomfort and uncertainty. But there's no good reason for that. We won't die or be hurt because we're eating broccoli or doing some push-ups unless you have some serious medical condition. There's no need to panic or run when you're uncomfortable. Instead, we can even start to relish this practice opportunity to see it as a delicious experience to getting better at something, of learning and finding a way to open up to discomfort. Number four, see temptation as a signal to practice. In the same way, each time we have temptation, we train ourselves to see it as a signal to practice staying in discomfort without needing to relieve it by giving in to temptation. At a party where there's chocolate cake and you're committed to a healthy eating, say no to the cake, but hell yes to the opportunity to stay in discomfort of not giving in to temptation. Say hell yes to the chance to explore what that's like to enjoy any gratitude in the middle of it. Look, the most successful people I know have no problem delaying gratification because the gratification they receive as a result of pushing through the discomfort in that is far greater than a bite of that chocolate cake. And I know that chocolate cake sounds so freaking good. But is it hitting you where you want it to hit you? Is it? Are you feeling good about yourself? You might in the moment be momentarily satisfied or just like, oh, that's great. But I can guarantee the next day or even later that night, you're going to feel like crap that you cheated on yourself, that you gave up on yourself, that you... Let something else be more important than you. And again, I'm going to reiterate this. You are worth so much more. Number five, set boundaries to recognize your rationalizations. We can train ourselves to become aware of when we're rationalizing. It's hard to see sometimes because we're so used to just rationalizing in the background and allowing ourselves to believe it without even conscious thought. So to make it obvious that we're rationalizing, it's helpful to have firm boundaries because then we see when the rationalizations are trying to convince us to cross the boundaries. For example, if you say, I'm only going to eat between 11 a.m. and 6 p.m., then it's obvious when you're trying to convince yourself to eat at 9 p.m., other examples of boundaries would be, I'm going to watch two TV shows and only after 8 p.m. Or I only eat healthy, hearty salads for lunch. Or I go for a walk or run every day when I get off work. Or I meditate when I wake up before I open my computer or my phone. When you set these hard boundaries, you see yourself trying to rationalize. When you realize this, 
Just don't let yourself believe the rationalization. They sound so convincing, but they're sabotaging you. You must learn to not negotiate with yourself. Just as you would not let your kid run through a store screaming and tearing things off the shelf, you should not let yourself do the same thing metaphorically in your brain. Because after all, that's who's pushing the rationalization button inside your head, that unruly screaming kid in the store. Number six, do not, and I repeat, do not renegotiate in the moment. Just don't let yourself do it. Make the plan the day before or at the beginning of the month or the week or whatever it is, but don't let yourself decide in the moment. You're too prone to put it off or try to get out of the discomfort. Instead, tell yourself that you can't renegotiate for a week or a month because that's what you committed to. Only after that time period can you sit down and give yourself some thought and decide whether you want to recommit. Number seven, celebrate the opening up to things you dislike. When you find yourself committed to doing something you dislike, it's easy to try to get out of it or resent having to do it. Instead, we can and we have the ability to train ourselves to shift our mental attitude and see it as an opportunity to practice opening our minds up to new experiences. What can we be grateful for right now in the middle of this experience? How can we see this experience that we don't like as a gift? How can we learn to see the deliciousness in this experience instead of focusing on what we don't like? I'm going to tell you, relish the opportunity. Get really comfortable being uncomfortable. You're able to take and make better decisions, I believe, in some ways, because you're not just operating from autopilot. Right? So as a side note here, for somebody who's been in some unhealthy relationships, and if you're wanting to get back out there into the dating world, you know, you may recognize now that you inadvertently avoided some red flags in those past relationships because they met another need of yours, right? But because of that, your little inner critic has now deemed that every potential person that you meet all carry red flags. And so we become hypercritical of that. And then that way we're no longer uncomfortable or uncertain, right? But then what that does is keeps us from having any kind of connection or relationship with anyone. This is why I'm encouraging you to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Number eight, reconnect to why it's important. I cannot express this enough. Your why is the key because the why is the feeling, right? When you write out why you want something, it's going to make you feel a certain way. Every day as you're about to do this thing you've committed yourself to, your why, why is it important to you? Why have you devoted yourself to it? And is it worth devoting yourself fully to it? Can you commit wholeheartedly to it? Does this matter to you for some reason bigger than your discomfort? Reconnect your actions to your devotion. Number nine, practice self-compassion. 
when you mess up, when you are less than ideal, see when this causes you pain and difficulty. Give yourself some self-compassion. Instead of seeing this as a reason that you suck or see it as a reason that you can't love yourself, then find something to learn from the experience and start again. It's not a big deal, but we make it a big deal. Our mind, our inner critic makes it a mountain. Remember, your unconscious mind, governed by your inner critic, is one that makes mountains out of molehills when it comes to us fumbling, failing, or having a setback. Stop letting that rascal hold you back from being the governor of your own life. Number 10, remove as many barriers as you can. You're fully committed. You've set up reminders. You know why this is important to you. You've set hard boundaries and you're ready to practice with your discomfort and temptations and rationalizing. Now remove as many barriers as you can to make it easier on yourself. Can you prepare everything ahead of time so that when it comes time to do it, you just start? Can you make your meals on Sunday? So weekday lunches are just heating up a bowl of veggie chili or something. Can you get your yoga mat and clothes ready so that when you're done with work, you can just change and start downward dogging it? Can you, can you remove distractions the night before so that when you wake up to journal, there's just you and your journal and pen, nothing else? Find your barriers and remove them. Eliminate all excuses to start. As we begin to wrap up this week's episode, I want you to know if you implement these steps, you're more than likely to take action towards what you're desiring to achieve. What do you want to stick to for the rest of this month, for next year? Consider them, figure out why they're important to you and whether that's an important enough reason to push into discomfort of being consistent. Then commit yourself fully, wholeheartedly with all your being because why you're worth it if you found this helpful or would like some more topics like this I'd love for you to give me some feedback and let me know so that I can curate that for you also if you could use a little extra support and help individually you can certainly get in touch with me and schedule time um, for us to meet and have those sessions. I'm going to give you ways that you can do that. I'm also going to encourage you to follow and share this podcast because you know, you never know who's going through something. We don't usually blast that out somewhere. We usually wrestle with that internally quietly. So this is a nice way to just share it out there and somebody could listen to it in their own time and it may just be the thing they need to help them get through their week. And as promised, I'm going to give you ways that you can connect and uh, or schedule some time with me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.